here we are. It's just uh, me and Joey Wedges today running you through a Masters preview. We're missing, missing our guy Caleb this week. He's uh, living his best life down on the beach for Masters week, playing some golf, chasing his kids around. I'm uh, slightly envious of him. Probably doing a lot of boogie boarding this week. Yeah, a lot of boogie boarding. A lot of, a lot of shanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he, he played windswept dunes today. Somehow he's played that course twice in four months now. <laughs> no, yeah. like twice in three months, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think he took some money off his father-in-law, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, Masters Week. Yeah, I mean, we're just – fired up over here joe and i are just texting at 7 a.m about how excited we are um this is a this is a super super fun golf week i think uh, we just stay glued to the tv and twitter and all of the above but yeah it's uh it's fun to have it back in april of course in november last year um it's fun to have it back in, in normal circumstances uh listening to some of the coverage today the a lot of the guys just talked about how much harder it's playing this time uh versus in november they were like i'm i'm glad it's back to firm and fast you know we were uh it was pretty soft the last couple times we played it and i kind of thought that watching last year too i'm like you know what i think they're gonna turn it up a notch next year because they they had to have hated that 20 under won it last year totally yeah, uh, that that does seem to be the theme, uh, and an- another theme that we're already hearing. You know, uh, shout out to John Rom. Congratulations on on baby number one. We yeah. they have already uh, they have already used the uh, the the old phrase that he is uh, going to have some new new perspective or yeah. or a different perspective on life. They love and, that and, narrative. Yeah, and maybe that's true, and maybe he will have have a new some more perspective. You know, it was Rory last year, but maybe, just maybe, his week is really going to be more like uh, you know what we're used to when you're playing golf and you're getting texts from your wife that are just saying, "When are you going to be home? <laughs> when, when are you going to be home? What time are you going to be home?" Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll play great. Maybe he'll win. Or it could be a little bit of that. It, yeah, it definitely could be. Um, yeah, there's just something about the Masters. It feels like it brings out the best in a lot of those like top tier guys. I think, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to go to the tournament a handful of times, and I think I didn't quite get like how special it was until. I was down there as a kid a couple times and just really understanding about how like the whole city shuts down for the tournament and, you know, spring break for all of the schools in Augusta are the same week as the masters. So everybody rents out their houses to players and caddies and volunteers for the tournament. And then like basically everyone that's in Augusta for the week is there for the masters, whether they're there to go or play uh, or volunteer or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, I, w- I was fortunate enough to go. And the, the first time I went and I really feel like I started to, to get it a little bit more was 
um, my dad was actually working for uh, Gibson Guitars at the time, who was, you know, also owned uh, Steinway Pianos. Um, and my dad is also a huge golf fan and a big reason why I, I am too. And he saw Jeff Ogilvie playing a piano in the article uh, in Golf Digest. And so he, uh, this will also sound like something that I did too, so, or I would do, so uh, you'll laugh at this. But he emailed uh, Jeff Ogilvie's manager. And I don't know how he got his contact, but he said, hey, uh, would you be interested in some gear? if uh if we were able to get you some and my dad was on the product placement team at the time and um and basically jeff ogilvy's manager was like yeah but what's the catch and my dad said tickets to the masters (laughs) uh and so sure enough we got saturday and sunday passes for the masters uh something that we had only dreamed about for a while and we ended up going down and um this was uh, in the days of MapQuest. And oh, yeah. uh, so Jeff Ogilvie's manager had sent us the address of the place that they were staying for that week. And he said, hey, come over, uh, you know, the night before, come hang out. Like, we'll have dinner. Like, we'll just be kind of hanging out and talking shop or whatever. And so I'm like, like you know as a kid you're like i'm i'm going to a house where there's you know player like there's pga tour guys that are at this house like what i mean this is kind of ridiculous so anyways on the way to the house we get lost and like it felt like the house was like not on MapQuest, you know or it was like you know it was like in a weird place or something and so my dad ends up just pulling over on the side of the road in front of this house and going on knocking on this person's door and asking them like, Hey, are we even close? Yeah. And this lady answers the door and she's like, you know, I'm just here. Like, like basically like, you know, taking care of this house uh, while, you know, the people that rent it out are working all week. You know, she's (laughs) like, I'm cleaning and cooking, you know, kind of doing the whole thing while, while they're working and, She's like, but you know what? Like, come on in. There's a, there's a computer in the house. Uh, you guys can try to look it up and see if you can find it. <laughs> so <laughs> we go in this house and my dad is like on like MapQuest or like whatever it was at the time on this computer. And Ask Jeeves. Yeah, like <laughs> trying to figure it out. And uh, my dad was like, is anybody like big time staying in this house? And she right. was like, she was like, um, she's like, yeah, actually, uh, Mike Tirico and Andy North and Scott Van Pelt are staying. <laughs> this is their house. It's incredible. And I was like, you know, as a as a sports loving middle schooler who you know just watched ESPN like nonstop, I was like in shock. I was like, take me now yeah you know like i i didn't know what to do and then i was like ever since then like the masters and like the week and augusta national and like the entire like thing has just been like this like just gigantic like uh can't even put words into like how ridiculously cool it is man that's incredible that's a hilarious story did you guys end up finding uh finding your way 
Yeah. We found the house and we ended up hanging there for a couple hours. Um, and yeah, met some like insanely cool people. Um, there, uh, was, uh, actually a really awesome caddy there that night. Uh, Fanny Sonnison, who's a Swedish caddy who caddied for, uh, Nick Faldo and, um, Nick Price and uh, she actually caddied for uh, Ogilvy for a little bit and Henrik Stinson. Um, And she was a great player in her own right too. So yeah, it was like, I just remember like sitting there at this table in this house and there are like all these like, you know, pros walking around and like, you know, caddies and all this stuff. And yeah, it was. um, So the, the magic of Augusta like always rings true for me this week and the stories like that. And, there were uh that wasn't even at the tournament you know like that was that was long before uh you know any shots had been hit that week so it's a special week it's a cool place and so yeah we're excited to talk about it who won that week angel cabrera Hmm. angel cabrera beat kenny perry in a playoff awesome yeah it was cool it was a good good first experience of the masters uh like i said been back a couple times since and um yeah i got to take got to take my wife madeline uh one year for a practice round so yeah it's uh it's um for those of you listening who haven't ever been it's hard to describe how uh hilly the course is it's it feels like um yeah it feels like it's really hard to tell that except on putts that break a lot but I hope that they have a lot of like drone shots close to the ground that you can kind of actually see like how the hills move and kind of where the, where everything runs off. Cause it's just like, I mean, it looks like just a ridiculously tough golf course. Like even if it was a public course, you know, that was like, didn't host a major championship, like just based on the undulations and like the like uh elevated greens and like you know the way that certain balls slope into certain areas like it just seems like a really hard place to play golf totally yeah um well let's get into a preview here so there's a ton of storylines this year but you know like we said at the beginning it feels like the the top guys kind of always end up rising and um you know when they were talking about the course playing a little bit harder Jason Day like kind of took a second to think about how he wanted to say nicely that like the good players would end up playing better because it was hard uh which I think is really true but yeah so the top the top five I'm looking at the odds here uh DJ Bryson Jordan John Rahm Justin Thomas I really don't get the Bryson hype here yeah, I mean, he got, you know, he won the API a couple weeks ago, which was oh. which was good. Uh, but it's not like, yeah, it's it's not like he just won the players or something like that. Um, and and to be honest, after, I don't know, yeah, I think I think he might be seeing some ghosts from last November. You know, it was just, you know, he he ended up putting a respectable week together, but the first couple of days were just he mentally seemed like he was breaking down pretty quickly. So, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, if the course is truly playing as, as hard as, uh, 
as they expect. And, and it seems like the weather's going to be pretty good. Uh, I think there, it maybe could rain Thursday or Friday, yep. but um, if, if it's kind of playing how they, how they want it to. Yeah. I, I don't know, but in kind of looking at the kind of those top guys, there's so many guys that are playing really well right now. And then there's some other guys that are not, um, you know, that have one, you know, like Patrick Reed, who's not necessarily just like been looking like a world beater lately in the past, maybe month or two. I know he won the farmers earlier this year, but but as other than that, I feel like he's looked pretty, uh, pretty pedestrian in a few places, like at at WGC at the concession. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that it's, I think there's a few guys that could really do it. I mean, even DJ yeah. hasn't looked uh, hasn't looked like a world beater in the past, you know, in, at the Dell match play, and yeah. so. Uh, I think there's just a lot that could happen. There's, there's so many guys that I think have played this uh, course well and that play it consistently that, that it really could go in their favor. Yeah. I think I just don't understand why he is, you know, the, I mean, you know, he's, he's second when it comes to the odds, right? Plus 1150. Yeah. His best finish at the Masters is 21st, and that was in 2016 when he was an amateur. Hmm. Yeah. So the pre- the previous three times he's played the Masters, he's gone 34th, 29th, 38th. And so, I, to your point, like, I, I don't know if, you know, the course is in his head. I don't know if he's trying too hard. I don't know if his game really just doesn't necessarily suit the course very well. Um, yeah, I think there could be a few factors at play there, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, when it comes to like, you know, there's a few guys out there that it feels like haven't been on the coverage at all or haven't really been talked about that. It's like, Hey, they could be there on Sunday. You know, I, I kind of think, you know, through guys like Xander, uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Colin Morikawa, like, you know, those are guys that I think are in kind of that like six to 15 odds, you know, when it comes to like, you know, um, kind of where they're at on the list. But like, yeah, I think those, those are guys that I think could play really well here or that have played well here in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think there are, yeah, uh, Cameron Smith mm-hmm. plays well. I mean, Sung Jay last yep. year, uh, T2. So, and I feel like he's been, looking pretty consistent i don't know that he's really peaked yet but maybe he is going to be peaking this week but who knows but yeah i think there are just quite a few guys and i mean we talk about it all the time it's so hard to win a golf tournament um you heard you know max homa say that pretty candidly after riv um on his podcast just about how hard it is to kind of all those pieces to fall together over yeah. four days. And so, um, you know, there, yeah, there's definitely favorites and guys that we expect to play really well, but um, yeah. yeah, I think it's anybody's ball game. It's like, dare I say Rory too. Like I'm, I'm looking at his uh, history 
So from 2014 on, he's finished outside the top 10 at the Masters once. Yeah, I would love to see him do well. I'd love to see him win it. I mean, that would be so exciting for him to get the Grand Slam. I don't know. I think if he plays well Thursday, I think he has a real shot. I think if he comes out and is thinking about Sunday on Thursday, then yep. he's going to have some problems. But I think, uh, I think if he plays solid on Thursday, he's got a real shot to do something. Yeah. Well said. And then, um, man, even looking at like, you know, JT, uh, you know, fourth last year, 12th in 2019, you know, it feels like he's, he's obviously playing well, He's also a guy that I feel like sometimes just gets a little bit impatient during tournament weeks. Like it feels like he's trying too hard sometimes and he doesn't necessarily sit back and just let like the, the course come to him type thing. Like he doesn't wait on his opportunities and he really tries to make things happen too fast, but things go right. Some putts fall. I think JT's got a great shot too. I think that is spot on. Yeah. I think, I think what looked different about him at the players was he just seemed more relaxed. I mean, he seemed more confident, but I think just his, his pace and the way that he was kind of approaching the course and his demeanor just seemed much more relaxed. And I think if he can really channel that, yeah, he's definitely got a shot. Yeah. Um, One guy that I honestly did not think that we'd even see this week is Kepka. I think three or four weeks ago, he had knee surgery. He dislocated his knee. And so they went in and they fixed some things around the bone, I think he said. And like they cleaned some stuff up. Um, He said he had an accident with his family, which also just feels kind of sketch. (laughs) Was it stair related? (laughs) Yeah. It was like, we're not really hearing the whole story there which it's not really our story to hear but you know it feels like I'd, I'd be interested in the rest of that yeah um yeah I mean but you know Brooks finished seventh last year uh second the year before behind Tiger uh and then 11th in 2017 um and you know Brooks is that like you know type of guy that's like he's going to use whatever he can to give him some motivation. And if it's people saying, Hey, you're not even going to be close because you just had knee surgery, then it feels like he's going to pull the alpha male Brooks Kepka type thing and say, screw you guys. Here I go. Yeah. I hadn't, when I was kind of putting my picks together, I got to be honest, I kind of didn't really even think of him just because he's been, not on the forefront of anyone's mind lately yeah you know and well, so it's crazy because you know he he won the farmer or he won the waste management and you know his first week of february yeah uh and then he didn't play well at genesis and then he got second to morikawa at the concession club hmm. and then he hurt his knee and so it's like was he was he peaking like was he almost there you know like but then you know the three tournaments before waste management he missed the cut so it's like just golf you know it's like was he just like still figuring some things out did he like 
But I, I mean, you know, from everything we heard about the concession club, like you don't get lucky there. Like he had to play some really good golf to, to, you know, play. Uh, I mean, he was 15 under for the week. So um, yeah, you know, he had to play some good golf. He had to hit the ball well. So yeah, I don't know. I, I really do not know what to expect out of Brooks this week. Maybe he maybe he'll have some new perspective. You know, he's getting married, he's got engaged. So who knows? Yeah, anything could happen. Coming. Yeah, I I would say. Did he say which knee it is? It's his it's his right knee. So it's not the like it's not the load bearing knee. Yeah, you know, so to speak. Hmm. Have you seen him? I I could. Did they have any like uh, picture, any video of him taking any swings today? I didn't, I didn't see him taking any swings. Yeah, they were showing him on the range for a little bit. Um, he looked fine. Like he he said, I'm going to find the easiest way to walk the course with the least amount of hills. But basically the doctor said like he can swing and he's fine. It's, it's actually just like the walking the course that may be an issue for four days hmm. straight. So, which I get. I mean, you know, you're talking about a few miles a day, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I really just don't know what to expect out of them. Yeah. It's tough to put, it's kind of tough to think about putting some money on him, but maybe, maybe we should. I know. <laughs> it paid off last time. Yeah, seriously. Um, we'll get to our picks toward the end here. I, I think it's worthy of, of talking through the, the amateurs in the field. Um just for fun here, you know, there are typically, typically six every year, I believe. Um, but the winners of the Latin American amateur, the uh, Asia Pacific amateur, the U S mid am, um, aren't applicable because the tournaments weren't played last year. And so you've got Joe long, uh, who is the British amateur champion, uh, who apparently went wire to wire, never law or never was, uh, never trailed in his match and his final match there. Uh, 36 hole match at Royal Birkdale was the final there. He's currently in the top 50 in the world amateur golf rankings. Um, mm. Ollie Osborne runner up uh, to Tyler Strafacci in the USAM at Bandon Dunes last year. Um, I think he was, he was one of those guys that just caught fire during that week and played really well. Um, I think during the broadcast at some point, they said that he was the third best player on SMU's team. And so, uh, the, his world golf ranking is, uh, kind of, I think mirrors that 252 currently. Hmm. Um, and then Tyler Strafacci, uh, again, he, he comes from a pretty, uh, historic golf family. Uh, he also won the North and South amateur at, at uh, Palmetto last year, as well as the USAM at Bandon, um, currently number 13 in the world golf ranking. Uh, and of course, followed up Andy Ogletree's USAM win. So back to back Georgia Tech guys. But yeah, it'll be fun to uh, see those three guys play. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Strafachi plays just because, you know, he, he did play uh, really well at Bandon. Um, so yeah, interested to see how he kind of takes in the moment. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. Let's get to, um, we put together a handful of questions here. 
um, before we get to you know our favorite bets or really kind of who we're who we're looking out for this year. So let's start with uh, a course related question, Joe. Uh, what are your what are your three favorite holes at Augusta National? I'm going to pick. So I don't want to be too. Um... You know, I, I don't want to pick two obvious holes, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the rundown. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, number 11. Nice. Uh, the, the long par, f- par four, sorry, um, you know, that starts aiming corner. Yep. And it just seems so challenging just because of, you know, your, your tee shot matters so much as you, um, you know, off the tee matters just be, just to set up that approach shot. Um, and then, you know, because once you're coming in there, you've basically got water left in behind the green. So you've yep. really got to, got to be strategic there. Um, and then I'm going to go with number 12 next. Yep. Uh, you know, we all remember last year Tiger posting a 10 there just because, you know, if you don't manage your spin, well, there's nothing, there's nothing to stop the ball from going in the water. Um, so I, I like that hole. And then, um, and then last, I'm going to go with number two, uh, pink dogwood, the, uh, the par five there um i i just think the imagery is so iconic with you know the scoreboards and and those two bunkers in front of the green um just just kind of coming down in there um and like you just kind of harp on what you said a little bit earlier um i think this hole really gives a a sense of the slope of the of the course um you know, that was one of the things that Danny uh, Saul said with us last week was just, it's a, it's a pretty hard course to walk. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, doesn't always come through on, uh, on TV. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think about in, on Sunday last week, uh, D, when DJ was playing this hole, he became, he came, uh, had, hit a nice tee shot just off to the right of the fairway. And then the ball was uh, a little bit above his feet. Or no, I think it was a little bit below his feet. Sorry. And he just kind of sculled one down the fairway yeah. and then uh, chipped it into the bunker, but then had a really nice up and down. Uh, but I, I just think about him playing that hole and just, uh, how iconic the landscape is there. So I, I would go with those as my, as my top three. Yeah, man. I love, I love 11. It's such a test. It's such a test hole to kind of kick off. I mean, 10 stuff too, but you know, 11, like you said, kicks off Amen corner. Um, I think it's one of the longest par fours on the course. And yeah, you find a lot of guys just end up like bailing out to the right and trying to, you know, take their medicine and get up and down or, you know, see if they can get up and down, which is also not easy, especially on the weekends. They typically have uh, a lot of times on Sunday, they'll have the pin kind of back uh, in the corner of the green there, but um, yeah, two such a good hole. And yeah, you, you said it well, it's just like, 
it's a roller coaster. It starts up high and then it just kind of goes straight down after the second shot and kind of works down right to left. Um, yeah, I, man, I had a tough time with this question because, uh, there's so many like good holes on the back. Like there's just, you know, iconic is such a great way to put it. And just like the imagery of like all of the back nine. Um, I tell you what, the one hole I love on the front is number four. It's the longest par three on the course. Um, and the first three holes are certainly not easy, but, you know, number two, a par five that most guys can, you know, get up there close into and have a shot at birdie. The, the third hole is a short par four. Uh, a lot of guys end up kind of having a shot at birdie too. Four is the exact opposite. You have a lot of guys who are struggling to make par here. Um, and you have to really place your tee shot in the right spot, depending on where the pin is. I love it when they put the pin in the back right-hand corner uh, around the bunker that basically takes up the whole right-hand side of the green. So it's a great hole, kind of a, uh, a check yourself hole on the front nine. You know, if you've got a lead on Sunday and you know, you, you want to keep it, you got to play that hole. Well, you got to hit a long iron smooth. Um, so I'll jump to the back nine here. Uh, 13, just such a fun par five. Um, you know, obviously a tee shot around the trees and then, you know, most guys will have, you know, somewhere around, you know, a six, a five or a six iron into the green for their second shot, which is, uh, you know, a distance conversation for another podcast. But uh, I just love that. I love that hole. And, you know, you're, uh, I think there's been a stat that's been thrown around that like, you know, seven of the last eight masters champions have birdied that hole. And so it feels like a big time hole on the weekend where you got to get some strokes back there for the other holes that are really tough. My last hole here is 16. Of course, the par three um, over water. Again, I, I find myself thinking through like, what are the holes that are really going to determine a champion and I think 16 is certainly one of those. And there are pin placements on, you know, Thursday through Saturday that are just so rough. I mean, top right-hand corner, you know, you've got, you know, five feet on each side of the hole that you got to land the ball and, and try to keep it there. And if not, everything runs down toward the water, which of course is kind of where the Sunday pin placement is. But yeah, those three holes, um, those take the cake for me. Very nice. All right, next question here. Uh, if you had the opportunity to change the color of the green jacket, what are you changing it to? I feel like I need to uh, give a caveat if I wouldn't. I wouldn't change the color. Yeah, but yeah. but if I had to, I mean, you've got to go with gold uh, for for the the tour championship, just like nice. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And I I think I'm going to go white here. Ooh. Dinner and jacket. Yeah, I have never been and will never be fancy enough to wear a white dinner jacket, but it feels like the Masters logo would look pretty slick on a white dinner jacket. 
Yeah. That would be cool. Now that I'm thinking more about it, I mean, could you take change it to like some type of tartan pattern, like a like yeah. a cloud tartan 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 tartan? Dude, a, a blue and green plaid. That would be pretty. That would be pretty sweet. That'd be very sick. Or like a black watch with like the black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now um, we're getting. Now we're getting. Some- <laughs> These are the questions that people want answered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I actually saw this one on on uh, Twitter. I thought this was pretty good. Have you had a chance to play eighteen with Tiger at your favorite local course, or play alone at Augusta? Which one do you choose? It's tough. Um, I I think I would do the eighteen with Tiger if we got to have like a like dinner the night before. Yeah, and like get to get to kind of build a little, little bit of a relationship or something like that, so that it wasn't just like uh, so you're not you're not feeling each other out for like nine holes and then you kind of relax in the back. Um, but you know, I I think places are spectacular, but you know, people and stories are kind of are are what's most important. So uh, I, I would go with uh, a round of eighteen at McCabe with Tiger. <laughs> um yeah uh, jumping on the first tee having never met sir eldrick and then just trying to play golf with him sounds uh way more nerve-wracking than i want to think about Uh, man you you had me rethinking my answer i was like yes augusta 100 (laughs) percent. i'll never have the opportunity to play it ever again i can't i like the way you said that though people people in stories um i would probably have a lot of a lot of fun playing i guess by myself but knowing me i'd play like three balls and just be like spraying them all over the place so it's probably best for the course if i if i don't (laughs) sully it fair enough um all right go to concession order you're you're hopping in line, Joe. You are about to just cram some lunch at the Masters. What are you getting to eat? Four pimento cheese sandwiches and three beers. Wow. I love <laughs> it. I mean, there's nothing better. I'm like going to be making pimento cheese for myself later in the week. And um, I. I'm so excited because I don't think I've made it since November, the last Masters. So uh, I'm I'm so stoked. I'll bring you some, though. Yes, please do. Yeah, uh, I'll just say uh, Joe makes some incredible homemade pimento cheese. (laughs) Um, Man, I I love I love that order. Wait, are you going uh, domestic import or American craft beer? something domestic and like probably like miller light little yep. miller lattes yeah maybe some curves i love it all right i'm looking i'm looking at the menu here um man i'm zeroing in on the uh chicken sandwich give me give me a chicken sandwich give me a couple beers uh and give me a peach ice cream sandwich Mm. that sounds good are you sitting down to eat it because i feel like i'm thinking like you could cram i'm i'm probably traveling with like a fanny pack 
And then I've got three sandwiches in that. Maybe some cup holders on on there. So I'm I'm eating that sandwich in my white dinner jacket, <laughs> cross legged on uh, twelve T box. Nice. And you have like your monocle on and top yep. hat as well. Yep. Awesome. Exactly. Um. All right. Your favorite player has a one shot lead going into the final round. You have a chance to send him a text, which he will read the night before. What are you saying? And who who are you saying it to? I think I'm going to – well, I think right now who I would love to see win and who has just been fun to watch this season, um, Max Homa has been mm-hmm. – I think we've been having a lot of fun watching him. Yep. And I would just – I would just tell him to just give your nuts a tug. <laughs> <laughs> which i've i feel like from what little we know about max homa on his <laughs> social media and podcast he would love it <laughs> yeah i think i think just i don't think it would take much uh and i think that would just be the, the motivation he needs to yeah wrap it up yeah um I, I think I lean towards uh, sending Spieth a text here. Um, you know, t- Tiger isn't applicable this year, and uh, I-, I love me some Spieth. So, yeah, I'd, I'd also definitely lean towards the let's see if we can get him to laugh because I, <laughs> I don't know if Jordan really laughs a whole lot when he's, like, in his own head about golf. But, yeah, I think, I think I'm texting him and I'm saying, hey uh, – you know, early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just, just see if I could get a little chuckle out of him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move. Let's move to the bets here, Joe. What uh, what are your? We'll do. What are your three bets, and then who are you picking to win? Okay. I'm gonna go. I would say uh, I think these are I, I'm gonna call these my my Joe Cold locks. My, oh, my, my, I love it. And these aren't like the most fun. These are, you're not gonna be a millionaire, but I think these are locks. I love right them. Now. Bring them on. All right. I got Spieth top ten. Okay. Um, I just think he is playing too good to do anything less than that right now. Yep. Uh, I got Cameron Smith top 10. Love it. Uh, you know, last year, he's kind of interesting looking at his like full results because he's either like in the top five. Yep. Or he's like in 50. He's like in 50 something. So, yeah. I, but I, but I think, uh, I think he's playing really well and I, I think he'll be in top 10 too. Um, this is another lock I got. Uh, Webb Simpson, top 20. He's always there, always around, just so consistent. Um, and so I think, I think those are my kind of like my, my locks. I can't, I don't, I don't know if I have a winner as a lock. I don't think anybody is a lock to win this week. I think the course is going to be too unpredictable. Um, and I just think there's so many guys that are playing so good right now. But if I had to pick 
a winner or is it too early? It, is it okay if I go ahead and say I'm a winner? Go with Yeah, go for it. I think I'm going to go Justin Thomas. It just wow. feels right right now. I think he's going to be relaxed. I think he's going to be uh, – I think the pressure's off him right now because he I, – I think with his success at the players, I think he's – I don't know. I, I, I just think it, it just feels right. I think all the pressure and the hype is on Spieth this week. I agree. And I think that's really going to free him up to do something special. Well, you and I have the same pick to win. I was also leaning JT hard. I got a backup option just to switch it up. Okay. I'll start with my, my three bets. Um, same thing. You won't win a whole lot of money off of these, but I feel pretty good about them. Okay. I'm going three three separate top 20 bets here. Hit me with an Abe answer. Yep. I love love me some Abe. Um, I believe – I don't have it in front of me right now, but I, I believe he's only played in the Masters once, and that was last year, top 20. Um, just such a solid ball striker. And I, I, I speak uh, his praises all the time about it, but, like, the guy just doesn't miss with his irons, and you need that out here. I think his like putting is going to make all the difference for him, but I like a top twenty bet for Abe. Uh, hey, and we are desperate for his tequila here in we are here in Tennessee. So if anybody uh, if anybody out there has access to it, send us some. We need Please. it. <laughs> Azul, I am also just as envious of the hat as I am the tequila right now. So need to give me a hat. Um, Another top 20 bet I like, Scotty Scheffler. I think he's he didn't play well last week, which I also think kind of frees him up a little bit. Hmm. Um, obviously played well at WGC in Austin. Um, yeah, I, I just – I think he's a great player, and I think that he's going to kind of see some of it come together this week. So we'll see. This one's kind of a curveball for me, but for some reason, I'm I'm gonna ride his high of playing well over the last six weeks, and that's Billy Horschel, hmm. top twenty. He has really never played well at the Masters. I think uh, his best finish is like high thirties, um, and but again he's played he's played well in a couple tournaments and a couple big tournaments he played well at concession uh and of course he won wgc in austin two weeks mm-hmm. ago so um i think billy is kind of catching lightning in the bottle right now and uh i know our buddy zach radford talked about that a couple weeks ago where it's like man if you can play well for six to eight weeks like you can you know you can kind of make your way and it feels like billy's kind of finding that groove a little bit in a second wind um yeah i mean i had i had jt slotted as well as a winner so i'm gonna switch it up and um another guy i think has an awesome shot who's weirdly flying under the radar this week xander Hmm. xander shoffley yeah he's been playing well i mean i feel he was in contention at uh waste management is that right Mm mm-hmm yeah, 
Um, yeah, we'll see. You couldn't. I mean, you couldn't. You seem. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, with with Xander, it just seems like he's kind of always there. Like in the in the big tournaments, you know, U.S. Open last September, he finished fifth. Um, Masters last year, top fifteen. Uh, farmers second waste management second you know so like i i don't know i just i think his like i don't think the moment's too big for him mm. you know, i think coming down the stretch i think we could see some good stuff out of him so yeah absolutely we'll see joe we'll see man we can't wait i can't wait to basically hear the same talking points tomorrow that we heard today but it's exciting i'm gonna have to go find uh find some video of brooks swinging just to see if if he's uh how fluid he's looking how how uh comfy he's looking on that knee yeah don't don't look for any video of bryson uh on the range it'll it'll give you a lot of anxiety or just back pain (laughs) gosh i mean that is i don't know just spasming on the range but he is (laughs) well thanks for listening everybody uh happy masters week and we'll see you next week yep with a new masters champion 